What's up, people? Welcome back to Noise Avocation Podcast. I am Ryan, here with Jeremy, as always. How's everybody doing? So, thanks for tuning in to the last episode with Dan. I hope you guys all enjoyed that. I actually, like, took the time to kind of listen to myself on an after-post-edit show for once. It was a really good conversation. I talked to him this morning, and he said he was getting a lot of good feedback from it, that his wife loved it, his kids loved it, all that stuff. Good to hear. Uh, Social media stuff is all in the description, but I'll go ahead and spout it out anyways. You can follow the podcast at Noise Avocation Podcast on Facebook, Noise Avocation on Instagram, Noise Avocation Podcast on YouTube. Uh, You can email us at noiseavocation at gmail.com, and my personal Instagram is at soundwaveslave. And mine is at holdfast underscore 517 IG Instagram. Please follow. So, in recent events, most uh, metal fans have probably heard about the Morbid Angel show and the unfortunate passing of one of the fans who was checking out that show. Shitty Um, tragedy. Yeah. There was a show in Illinois March 31st, and a tornado came through, tore the roof off the venue, and caved in the roof. I don't know if it was like caved... Oh, took the building roof off and then caved in the floor that they were on or how it worked out. but The canopy dropped on the dude. Okay. Or the marquee, rather, they call it. Gotcha. I didn't uh, the marquee get to fell see. On him. I seen like a couple different versions of the story, so it was kind of misleading as to what actually fell, and the pictures were kind of hard to see. But if you go on Morbid Angel's Instagram, you can... Um, If you're able to donate to the fundraisers that they have going for the guy who passed away. I think there was eight or nine other people injured as well. 28. 28? Holy shit. Five with critical injuries, 28 Okay, that's where I got that lower number uh, critically. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, the the, um, 23 were probably like cuts and bruises and stuff and didn't classify as critical injuries. But still, I mean, yeah. They're trying to sue the venue. Hell yeah, I slipped and fell. Damn right. I mean, imagine being at a show and the roof just falls in. You know how crazy that would be? Yeah, that's nuts. Especially to the band playing, because, like, they're focusing on the music, going at it, (laughs) crowds kind of going, and then all of a sudden everything just... Dude, especially if it's fucking Morbid Angel. It was, um... You'd be like, oh my god, what the fuck did they conjure up? Yeah. But it was the band Crypto was playing. Morbid oh, Angel okay, hadn't, okay. hadn't even gotten to play yet. It was early on in the show, so there was only 260 people in the venue at this point okay. for like the opening bands and gotcha. stuff. So there wasn't like a full capacity show at this point, which is probably for the best because there definitely would have been a lot more yeah, fatalities sure. if that whole floor was packed. Because yeah, it would be hard to get out of there when you're shoulder to shoulder. You got people moshing, yeah, not dude. paying attention, not ever in a million years thinking that the roof would just fall on you. And then when it does, everybody's rushing. Yeah. Turns into a bottleneck at the door, you know? Yep. You're getting it's stomped on, knocked over, pushed uh, out of the way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it had to be crazy. So, Well, if you got some extra change, fucking throw it their way, man. They need all the help they can get. Yeah, I'll throw a link to the fundraiser to Morbid Angel's Instagram for the guy. Uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but so yeah, if you're able to, go help out with funeral costs. I mean, he's got a wife and kids, I believe, what I read in the one article. So it sucks for that guy, and it's sad for his wife and kids. Uh, but he went out doing what he loved to do, I suppose. Nobody wants to go out like that. I'd go out dancing. Yeah. You wouldn't be dancing if the roof fell on you. But I would, I'd be pissed if the fucking canopy fell on me. <laughs> but anyways, so upcoming in May 19th, the new album from Century Media's Frozen Soul, Glacial Domination, will be released. Uh, there's two tracks out currently, Arsenal of War and Morbid Effigy, I believe is the other one, who's got John from Dying Fetus on Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Yeah. That track is fucking phenomenal. The video for it's great, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So go check out the video. Uh, both songs you can stream everywhere, and then you can pre-order the album at Century Media's website, Frozen Souls' website, uh, or hit up your local record store and pick it up. If you're local here to where we are, I'll have copies in the day of. If you're interested, stop in and pick it up for sure. 
But we do have Michael Monday, the guitarist, or one of the guitarists from Frozen Soul here with us today, and we're going to get into a conversation with him about the album and their upcoming tour and some other stuff, so we'll get him on the line here. All right, we have Michael here from Frozen Soul. Michael, thanks for taking the time to jump on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. So um, we talked a little bit about this before started recording but tell us about the tour that you guys are starting on next week uh so at the time of recording this uh we're leaving about a week from today and we're going on tour with the black dolly murder terror uh fuming mouth and phobophilic as well uh it's going to be mostly all over the u.s uh minus like a couple major cities and then a couple canada dates as well i've seen you guys are playing michigan april 19th and 20th Mm-hmm. Um, have you, yeah. you guys have played Detroit a few times as far as I remember yeah yeah um, our very our second tour we played at Sanctuary actually our second and third tour we played at Sanctuary and actually also a with Zubog we've played there a bunch of times and uh, I think the last time we played around the Detroit area was technically in Pontiac which is like 45 minutes away if yeah, I'm yeah. not yeah. mistaken was it the Crowfoot yeah, we, yeah I think it was a Crowfoot it was, uh, if I remember correctly, with Dying Fetus, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a Dying Fetus, Chelsea Grin, Body Snatcher, and Undeath. Yeah, that's right. I had a couple of friends that went to it. I wasn't able to make it down for it. Yeah, that was a fun one. How did uh, Terror's kind of the odd man out of yeah, the... <laughs> like, that's an interesting choice for a, a metal tour. I mean, they're more on the hardcore lines of things. I love the band, but it's just not typically what you'd see on the lineup. Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool, like, having different genres on a bill because it brings, like, fans of that specific, like, band or, like, that genre yeah. out. Like, um, like I'll say right now, I'm not, like, the biggest fan of, like, deathcore bands usually, but, I mean, we've toured with bands like um, Cabal, Body Snatcher, Chelsea Grin, and, I mean, they, like, have their own, like, following that they bring out, and it's cool because, like, we can expose ourselves to their fans and then we can expose uh, like our fans to, to them, you know, like vice versa. So it's real cool having like mixed bills on shows uh, just to bring everybody from all different corners of like extreme music out. Yeah, it definitely helps. And I mean, terror has a huge, huge following, especially, especially in Michigan. And just when you're talking about like different fans and shit, I would be the one going there for terror and Ryan would be the one going there for like the extreme metal, you know what I'm saying? And it's yeah. like, and that's kind of like how we mix and we vibe and shit. And uh, I love when that happens, man. It used to be like that all the time because there wasn't a whole lot of bands to fucking have a complete metal show or a complete hardcore show or a complete punk show. You know what I mean? Uh huh. It's nice though when they combine a whole deal yeah. like that because love it. I, I don't know. Some people want to go to a black metal show and see some death metal in there. Some people want to see some punk stuff, and it all kind of it brings all different communities of people together, and they're all yeah. loving the same shit. And, then and they, it might help somebody find something that they didn't know they loved. Right? New shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, it's are all you guys gonna be beneficial. playing? Uh, you'll be playing a few things from the new record coming out, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, me personally, I wanted to play like more songs, um, but we're only going to be playing three songs off the new record. I think there's eight songs in our set list. It's either seven or eight songs, but uh, unfortunately, like the album's going to be coming out on like the very tail end of this tour, so not people aren't going to have a lot of time to like get familiar with it yet. Right. Um, but we're going to be doing about three songs, uh, three new songs on this tour. Two of them we've already been playing live since uh, October which is uh, Morbid Effigy, which is the first single that came out, and another one called Death and Glory uh, that hasn't been released as a single or anything yet. Yeah, I just see Arsenal of War and Morbid Effigy out right now. It was cool yeah, to see. Yeah, Ar- Arsenal of War is going to be one of the other songs we're playing live. Right on. How did the uh, John Gallagher feature come about? We Well, we were thinking about, like, uh, getting Corpse Grinder to, like, do vocals, and then we were like, well, everybody's been kind of, like, getting Corpse Grinder to do guest vocals on their tracks, so we wanted to, like, kind of keep it a little bit different. You know, the song's a little bit, like, more on the slamier, heavier side, so we felt it was appropriate to have John on it, since, you know, Dying Fuse is, like, a really, like, heavy, uh, slam-influenced band, kind of. Yeah. 
Who is the, um, I'm familiar with Matt Hafey, obviously, from Trivium, and I'll get to that in a minute, but who, I don't know if you pronounce it Ghost or Ghost. I don't know much about uh, that guy. I, I believe it's Ghost. Um, so that guy, I believe his name is James. I don't know him personally, um, but Chad and Matt, our drummer, have known him forever. Uh, he used to be pretty involved with like the hardcore scene in DFW back in the day. Okay, and I think he's just been doing his own like uh like solo thing for a minute now. There, he's on Century Media Records as Ghost, and um this album, for those that like know us, we like to use like small interludes and intros and things like that. And we wanted to keep like for this record, we wanted to keep it along like the kind of like horror movie theme. Um, so we had him do a lot of our samples. He does the intro for, I think like maybe three or four songs. And then we have uh, our producer, Daniel, did a couple. And then uh, our buddy, Eric, from Play Years, did a couple as well. Yeah, I checked him out just to see what he was about, what his music was like. And it was definitely, uh, it's kind of like dark wave, synth wave type of stuff. And I'm guessing he does intros and not really, I didn't know if you guys were tying in some synth stuff into the new album or how that was going to tie together. No, we definitely have some like straight up synth stuff. Actually, um, one of the tracks, Annihilation, is the intro to it's like the intro to Glacial Domination, but it ended up being a little bit like longer than like a typical intro. So we just kind of made it its own track. Mm. But that one's like it's like no guitars, no traditional drums, no death metal vocals. It's just all like straight synth. That's cool. I like the unique little mixes into shit like that. It makes it sound good. So, Matt Hafey. Is he singing, playing guitar, uh, all the above? Like, how did he get tied into feature list on there? Uh, all the above. So, in addition to you know doing like some guest vocals and uh, some guitar stuff, um, we also like co-wrote some songs with him. So, the title track "Glacial Domination" and um, another track on the album "Abominable." He helped us like co-write. He like brought some riffs to us, and we were like, "Okay, that's cool. Uh, here's how like we would play it." And then we kind of like made it our own. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, on Glacial Domination specifically, he ha- he does uh, vocals and a couple guitar solos. Right. Yeah. I was a big fan of Trivium's first few records in like junior high. I'm trying to think, Ascension was the name of the album. Pull harder on the strings of your mind. Oh yeah, the same man. Like that album and like Lame of God's Ashes of the Wake are like the the two albums that like got me into heavy music. Yeah. So like for me personally, like getting to work with like. Matt Heafy and like the band that <laughs> introduced me in metal was like just so like unbelievable. I was like so happy. When I was a kid, I was blown away by him because I was, I don't know, maybe 14 when I discovered it. Eh? But he was only like 19 and he was on Headbangers Ball and signed to a major label and putting out records, touring the world, all that stuff. And like mm-hmm. I was just some kid in junior high trying to play his songs on guitar and shit and it was just cool to see somebody like not that much older than you already have taken that step into music and whatnot yeah it's crazy shit i know trivium's been a band since like he was 16 or 17 or some shit like that yeah it was i know he was real young because i remember that pull harder on the strings of your martyr video where he was like I, you could just look at him and see how yeah he looks he like a baby in that yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then i did see them live a few times and then i kind of fell off of them like later on in their career and didn't really keep up just because it's so hard to keep up with everything with the amount of stuff that comes out oh yeah but yeah it was cool to see him on the record and i'm curious to hear those tracks because i haven't gotten i've only heard the singles that have been released so far so i'm looking forward to hearing what uh, you guys did with him for sure and i'm sure a lot of other people are yeah i'm really excited to get it out especially the two tracks like we did with him glacial and abominable um they're a little bit different from like what we would normally do so it's just i think it's i think it's really cool i think people are gonna like it a lot yeah, I was wondering how the two sounds were kind of going to merge together. And that's why I asked if he was singing or playing guitar, because I didn't know. It could go, you know, either way. But it it will be an interesting combination, especially, like, because there was yeah, no... Yeah, I mean, it, it, still, it still 100% sounds like Frozen Soul. Um, it's just, like, a, a little bit different from what we've already done, you know? Yeah. You guys didn't have any features on Crypt of Ice that I remember. No, we didn't. So that was you guys' first record, and it got put out, like, right at the height of the pandemic, if I remember correctly, didn't it? 
Um, that one came out January of 2021, so it, the pandemic had been going on for like yeah. ten months already. Yeah. So yeah, pretty much during the height of it. Yeah. Was it harder to release a record during that time or like what kind of challenges did you guys face just trying to put music out at that time? Cause I know like obviously you couldn't tour on it. For me, um, I'll speak from my own personal experience. So before frozen soul, I'd only ever released like one album in my life. Uh, I was with like this band called wild speaker and we just kind of put out a record on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is our first time, you know, ever working with like a major label. And so it's all like new to us. And, you know, like, uh, we knew, like, before we recorded this, right, all right, we're going to have to, like, tour on this album to support it and just push it real hard, do music videos and things like that. And uh, I think, like, the biggest kind of, like, thing with that is just not being able to tour to support it. Like, we had to get real creative with, uh, like, our music videos. And then also we did our Wrecking Ball Metal Madness live stream uh, because we couldn't tour. Yeah, um, I watched that. So, I yeah, so Wrecking Ball probably wouldn't be a thing or it wouldn't be what it is right now without the pandemic. Yeah. Kind of like how the versus thing and the hip hop side of things was kind of spawned from the pandemic and then became huge afterwards. And yeah. Daring. But yeah. That I remember right when that came out, I like to call them the gatekeepers of metal on Instagram. Just people that I follow that seem to always have the insight to everything great and new coming out. And I seen that. Mm-hmm. And was just like, oh, Frozen Soul, the album cover looks cool, check it out. And then immediately, like, obviously, I heard the bolt thrower sound, and I was just sold right away on the record. And then um, I was really looking forward to you guys releasing another album, so now that that's coming out soon, definitely looking forward to that. I did want to ask, so you guys are from Texas, uh, Arlington, if I remember correctly, or if I read that correctly? Yeah, I mean, uh, technically, I guess, if, if you want to get real technical, we're from Fort Worth, but, I mean, it's all the same, like, Dallas, Fort Worth, Arlington. We, we call it DFW just because it's, like, a gigantic metroplex. Yeah. But we're, we're all basically from Dallas. <laughs> okay. Since Texas is mainly a hot state, how did all of the frozen ice lore type of theme come about for Frozen Soul? Um, I mean, when we came up with the band name Frozen Soul, like me and Chad are listening to Trapped Under Ice by Metallica, and there's like a line in the song where it's like, frozen soul, frozen down to the core, break the ice, I can't take anymore. Yep, yep. So we were like, uh, oh, that's like a fu- that'd be a fucking sick ass band name. And, uh, you know, we wrote the, wrote the demo and Chad kind of like toyed around with the ice themes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but didn't like we didn't like go like full hundred percent into it, and then we released it, and like people were just kind of like memeing it or like making cracking jokes about it, things like that. So we just kind of leaned into it. So it was really like the fans that kind of helped like really flesh out like the the cold and ice themes. It was just unique to see a band that isn't from somewhere cold and icy have cold and ice right. themes because normally like you get a black metal band, they're from Denmark or colorado or you know somewhere that has some fucking snow and icy and uh or you got like worm is kind of swampy like florida and same as like old obituary and stuff and yeah also like being from the dallas area like there's so many like wannabe panteras that was gonna be (laughs) a question of mine dude yeah yeah and so you know like there's so many wannabe panteras and it's like obviously like we love it we love pantera and like they have a influence on us but like we just kind of wanted to like not like do what everyone else is doing like at home you know oh definitely yeah. so i heard that from a you know unreliable source that you and um chad the singer met at a comic book and magic the gathering store yes that's correct so uh, what kind of comics in, are you into are you into magic the uh, gathering i was thinking that that might have been a, a possible source of the inspiration for the uh name subject matter art yeah so uh neither me or chad are like super into comics um but we we were both like we're both really into magic the gathering and that's how we met i was going up to like play a local like m tournament or some shit like that and i remember seeing through the window just a dude with like the slowly rewrought print on the back of his shirt i was like oh no way <laughs> there's a dude here that's not a fucking snowy dork that likes <laughs> yeah, good dude. bands yeah And so, like, uh, me and him ended up, like, playing some games together and just, like, uh, chatted for a bit. And then I think, like, it was maybe a couple months later, like, I hit him up. I was like, hey, man, like, 
you want to start a band? And he was like, yeah, sure. Because uh, his previous band, Vulgar Display, had like just broken up. Talk and about we, Pantera. We started jamming after that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's cool. It's like, oh, you got a cool t-shirt. Want to be my friend? You know, like, it's dope. That's kind of how my yeah. works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, exactly and, and how it works, uh, dude. Six, seven years later, I'm here doing this interview yep. with you guys. Yeah. I've met tons of people off cool t-shirts yeah. at shows, so I know how that goes. There's a kid running around our town with a knocked loose shirt on. I'm like, how how don't I know you? You know, like, where are you from? <laughs> That's dope. Yep. You guys got signed to Century Media like pretty early on. How did that come about? So I think the main reason like that it happened is because we just started touring like right off the bat. So um, literally like the New Year's Day of 2020, we uh, started our Frozen Steel tour. So it was Frozen Soul, Steel Bearing Hands. Uh, Mutilature was on a couple dates and there was another band I feel so bad that I can't remember but there was another band on that tour with us and when we got back from that tour um, Century Media like hit us up and was like we just wanted to talk about like working together possibly and over the next like few months like we told them like hey we already like have an album written and we have like uh, recording dates already set so Mm -hmm. like it's already on the way and it just kind of like fell into place Damn, that's cool that they hit you up. I mean, usually it works the other way around. Yeah, because we were, uh, we'd sent like a whole like care package off to like Relapse because we were like trying to get signed to Relapse at first. Like that's who I wanted to get signed with just because there's so many cool bands on that label. Right. And uh, yeah, sent them a care package. I don't ever think we heard anything back. But then, yeah, Century Media hit us up and we we're like, oh, this is like huge. We got to like jump on this. So, how old were you guys when like your ages when that happened? Um, so I was, so this is 2020, I was 25 or 26 at the time. Okay. So um, everyone's, everyone's a little bit older than me. Um, I think Chris was like 35, 36 when that happened. Uh, Matt, Chad and Sam, I think we're all like 32, 33. So yeah, dude, there's still hope for us. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool though. I mean, yeah, Century awesome. Media is home to like tons and tons and tons of good metal bands and uh, I've followed them shit, shit for, forever yeah since the first time i ever found like 20 years ago probably relapse too for that matter yeah relapse i think has the best customer service when it comes to the record store side of things like their distribution is absolutely flawless which is nice hell yeah obviously you guys are heavily inspired by bolt thrower and i thought this was kind of cool that uh you both have a girl for a bass player. Was that something that was intentional or just kind of coincidentally happened? No, it just kind of coincidentally happened. Cause, um, I mean, me and Chad like started the band together and it was just kind of us two, uh, like kind of writing everything. And then, um, I mean, Sam was our friend and she had been wanting to play bass in a band. She had a band before frozen soul called vermiculated, but it just ended up like not really working out. Yeah. So we told her like, Hey, like, you know, we're starting a band if you want to join and she joined and that's just kind of how it happened. We just wanted a friend to play. We didn't want to like go find some like random stranger right. off like Craigslist or some shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. It definitely creates a better dynamic when you know the person and have a friend. Yeah, for sure. But oh, it yeah. was, From I just thought scene. it was like, like a little cool tidbit. Cause like the first thing I heard was bolt thrower obviously. And was just like, wow, this band is People that I was trying to pitch it to at the store, I was like, if you like Bolt Thrower, this is Bolt Thrower, but cold. And uh, yeah, That's how it was pitched to me. Yeah, I sold quite a few people on that, and they were like, oh, I love Bolt Thrower. And then they'd get back to me a day or two later, like, this band's fucking awesome. So I'd, I've been pitching you guys as Cold Bolt Thrower for a while now. As Cold Thrower? Yeah, Cold Thrower. <laughs> Actually, I don't know how I didn't even fucking think of that. <laughs> <laughs> That could have been a band name for you. Oh, shit. Yeah, probably. Do you guys have any, uh, well, I should say you specifically. I keep saying you guys like we got more people here. You've toured with, I mean, Deicide, Goat Whore, Dying Fetus, Skeletal Remains, all of these like huge, huge metal bands that are world-renowned metal bands. Do you have any bands uh, like kind of on a wish list that you want to tour with? Um. I mean, Cannibal Corpse is like my number one like band I want to tour with right now. Just extreme music legends and like one of the reasons I'm into death metal at all. But also like Trivium is another big one. I mean, we've talked to Matt about going on tour and he says he wants to make it happen. It's just, you know, lining up each band's schedules and shit like that. Right. 
Yeah, Obituary is another one. Uh, I would love to tour with Obituary. Blood Incantation is another band that I really want to tour with. I just really like their music. They're one of my favorite contemporaries right now. Oh, we love and, that shit. Yeah, and just like every time I see them, I'm just like so blown away just by like how fucking good they sound and like how like on point they are. Yeah. Um. So just to like, you know, watch that for 30, 45 minutes or an hour every night would just be like so awesome. They're on tour with Obituary right now, yeah. Yeah. I thought I seen something about you guys touring. I thought I seen Obituary on a lineup moving forward. Yeah, so we played one show with Obituary. It was the last show before everything got shut down oh, okay. uh, for the pandemic. It was old. Man. Yeah, that was actually Chris's first show with us. Um, then we also shot the In Case and Ice music video at that show. Oh, nice. How did uh, the push-up mosh pits at your shows come about did somebody just randomly start doing push-ups in the pit one day and then it kind of stuck <laughs> yeah actually so uh we were uh, i believe it was on the dying the first dying fetus tour that we did uh we were playing our uh, amplified live in dallas like our hometown show and my homie tyler someone was like up on the balcony like taking video and then like they just kind of like looked down and my homie tyler's just like in the middle of the pit doing push-ups <laughs> <laughs> and so like uh like a few shows later, something like that. Chad's like, "All right, I want to see you guys get down and do some fucking push-ups." And they just did nice. It. Yeah, they just did it. Uh, yeah, it's amazing what people do, and you like actually just hey. <laughs> like, I, I would have <laughs> liked to power. see. Yeah, I would have liked to see him call out. Like, I want to see everybody do a backflip. Yeah, yeah. People try to start doing some backflips. That's how you get sued. <laughs> <laughs> um, but going on to the the new record. So, where did you guys record at? So we recorded at a studio called Empire Sound Studio in Dallas. Um, well, it's about like 40, not 45 minutes, like 30 minutes north of Dallas and like the suburbs kind of. So the studio was previously actually owned by King Diamond and uh, King Diamond and Merciful Fate like had recorded there. There's like some gear there that like was used by them. The guy that owns the studio, his name's Alex Gerst. He has like 40 Grammy nominations or like some crazy shit like that, like a couple like gold songs or like gold records or something like that it was really cool man that was our first time ever being like a real studio where we had like all this like different equipment and like gear at our disposal to just like mess around with and try out and also we had like uh twice as much time to record as we did like with cryptovice so we like really had time to like find a sound and dial it in before we started recording which was really nice see this the new album is going to be a huge step up you think I mean, I I think it's a way huge step up in terms of production. Just because, like, on the first record, like, Chad's vocals are kind of buried uh, in the mix. And this one, they're a little bit more, like, blended in well, kind of at the front with everything. Uh, but also, just, like, the we wanted to go for, like, a modern sound, but also, like, an old-school sound at the same time. And I think we accomplished it pretty well. Awesome. Like, it sounds, it sounds polished without, like, sounding like it's just, like, so shiny it's gonna like blind you you know right right, right. If, if that makes sense yeah no, no, it's not like bob rock fucking produced it or something yeah exactly so it's still got that like metal edge to it but it's not like uh unlistenable you know which is oh, i, I hope mean, it's not I unlistenable or yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like i wouldn't want it killer. to be too polished i mean i think that adds to you guys' sound is I liked how his vocals were kind of buried in the background in the first album but from what i've heard of the new album i mean like he sounds more powerful to me. Obviously, yeah, like I think so too. Yeah, bigger. And like, we're, none of us are really fans of like that super polished sound that's kind of like in metal nowadays. Yeah. So we wanted to like kind of stay away from that, but all we we want to make it accessible to like the people that like the super polished stuff, but also the people that don't like it, like us. You know. Yeah, it's a trick, man, to like ride that line for sure. For sure. And metal people can be difficult. I mean, like, especially you release this amazing first album. Now you have expectations to live up to, and there's obviously going to be critical people one way or another because somebody's always got something to say no matter what. But did you feel any pressure like that, or um, like from a writing I re- standpoint? I mean, I did like while while we were writing the record, and then like this is how it goes with anything that that I do. It's like I fucking hate everything I do until I like record it and hear it recorded. Because the way something sounds like when we're in our jam room and the way it sounds when it's recorded, it's like totally, totally different. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of times I was like kind of doubtful and like insecure about like 
what we were working on, like what we were coming up with. And then like, as soon as we get into the studio and just start kind of like cranking it out, I'm like, Oh, this is so fucking sick. That's this awesome. like rule. Cool. Yeah. It's, it's nice to be confident in your, your rifting for sure. But I can see how you're your own worst critic too. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to be in it. Sometimes it's like detrimental to me. Like I get like too much in my own head about it, but then like, you know, we like jam it all together and then it sounds like pretty good. And then we go to the studio and like, Oh my God, this sounds fucking badass. Yeah. That's cool. Has there ever been a time where you did record something and you were just like, I'm throwing this out. Actually. Yes. We did that on this record. We had a, I think we had like 12 songs total or something like that going in. And there was one that, uh, we knew we recorded it and, um, it just wasn't as strong as the rest of the other songs. Like, I guess like unfinished is another way to put it, but uh, like the structure was there, but it was just like missing something, you know? So we recorded it and it just didn't end up being as good as the rest of the song. So we just cut it. Yeah. I see 11 tracks here. You should do a deluxe version with the, the takeout. Yeah, I was song. just thinking, man, <laughs> get a bunch of those 20 years. You got an album. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Who does you guys' artwork? I wasn't able to find that when I was trying to do some research on the record. Uh, so for this new record, we had a guy named uh, James Basima do artwork for us. We reached out to him after seeing, uh, he did Municipal Waste's uh, most recent record, Electrified Brain. Yeah, that's and, a great uh, fucking album. Yeah, yeah, we reached out to him because um, like, we wanted something that would like look like a painting. And uh, the thing is with like doing like real paintings, you can only like edit it so much. Right. You know, but James, he does a really good job of like keeping it looking like a painting without making it look like too digital. Cause, um, I mean, we've worked with some people in the past that were like digital only and it just looks kind of like cheesy or corny, or, like not exactly like what we're going for. Yeah. It's just a bunch but, of uh, layers on top of layers of things. Yeah. But we, I, I think James like knocked it out of the park on this album art. It's so sick. I've seen a lot of people say that the album art is amazing. And uh, we're all really happy with it. I like it a lot. It's definitely right up the Frozen Soul Alley. And um, the t-shirts all turned out sweet. And uh, the album cover itself looks fucking phenomenal. Um, I have a bunch of copies on pre-order coming to the store already. I've got some people looking forward to it. Fuck yeah, man. That's awesome. Were there any track in particular that you picked as kind of a favorite out of the album like whether you had the most fun recording them or that was just like oh this guitar riff that i wrote was fucking light years beyond this one or man it's so weird like my my favorite changes all the time for example like death and glory used to be my favorite one mm. just because uh, that one's a uh, it's just like that one's pretty different from what we've done it's a little bit more like on the thrashy side and then you know the first track invisible tormentor that one's just like zero to a hundred from the start just like totally fucking ripping never lets up just like fucking pummels you and then glacial is the title track um that one's like my favorite like song overall like as a whole you know it just changes from time to time but i mean i have different reasons for liking all the different songs but if i had to pick one i'd probably say invisible tormentor just because it's for me like the most like technically demanding that's not only like what I'm doing with like my left hand, but also my right hand. It's just like super fast. Things just kind of like go into one another, like butter. And then like the end riff is just like fucking just so stupid heavy. I love it. Yeah. That's one thing that I love about you guys as a music is just the riffs in general are like, they're simple typically, but they're really, really effective. And I know to some people that might be kind of misleading to where they're like, oh, he's not doing this, that, and the other. But to me, like, certain bands, less is more. And you guys fucking hit that out of the park. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of how we feel about, like, Obituary. It's like Obituary doesn't do any, like, crazy shit. But, no, not at like, all. they fucking, like, dude, they're heavy as shit. And they, like, make you want to move. They make you want to groove, you know? Yeah. And that's just, like, the same exact, like, goal we're trying to accomplish is just to, like, we want to make you move like some way, whether it's like, you know, like head banging or just like even like tapping your foot, like bobbing your head or like just straight up mosh and beating the shit out of your friends, you know? Yeah. Like, that's just the goal head, we're trying man, to accomplish. You don't have a fucking soul. Like, I don't know how you can't just fucking move anything when the shit's playing. Like, you have to be dead inside. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot of groove to it for uh, yeah, sure. Definitely. It definitely reminds me of some of Obituary stuff. Like especially even their new record was. I mean, we did an episode on that when it came out, and uh, I mean, through oh, I through and so through good. that record was so good. Yeah, that new one's fucking killer, man. I love it. Yeah, it'd be cool to if you guys go on tour with them. I mean, promoting both albums and the groove that you guys both have would be a killer show. Yeah, for sure. I think we're I think uh, we're playing the same day as them at Milwaukee Metal Fest. So, oh, that'll okay. be cool. I've seen like All Out War and some other people on that bill too. I think was Milwaukee Metal Fest. Yeah, man, that's a that's a really good bill because it's like Friday is like mostly like more ex- extreme music and like death metal and shit like that. Yeah. Then like uh Saturday, there's like us and Anthrax and I forget who else. I think Fear Factory maybe. And then, like, uh, Sunday is, like, the more, like, mainstream bands, you know, like, Lamb of God and Machine Head. So there's a little something for everybody on that fest. It's really sick. That's crazy. You got, I mean, playing with fucking Anthrax, dude. That's nuts. Yeah, it's crazy, man, because I, I love Anthrax. They're, I mean, when I was just a wee lad right, in the metal, right. and I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, this fucking riff in Indians. I was like, let's fucking go. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's amazing. Yeah, I've never been over to the Metal Fest, but we'll get there someday. It's not even that far from us. No, Milwaukee ain't too far. I seen Anthrax open up for Lamb of God one time, and it was it's kind of felt backwards because I was like, man, it should be like vice versa. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they both put on a killer show, and Lamb of God is fucking great live, and Anthrax was really good too. But Anthrax, I feel like, gets overlooked a lot in metal, like, they do have their solid fan base, but like to the average person, like you ask about thrash metal, it's all Metallica. Well, yeah, they're out of the big four. They're the one that everybody forgets that doesn't know. Yeah, metal. Yeah, which is unfortunate because they've had so much good shit, but it's hard to hard to compete with everything out there. You guys are also playing with Worm, and we talked about this a little bit before we started, but I think that's really cool. Just being that it's so early on in their like live shows and i'm curious to see and hear how they sound live just because they have so much different types of weird effects going on in their music like blue nothing was very ambient in certain spots oh i love that Mm -hmm. which was i mean great for the album but i just i'm curious to see how it carries over to live yeah, I'm I'm especially excited to see them, man. Because uh, I've been a fan of them since like the Gloomord EP, I think it was called. Yep. Yeah, I'm just super excited. It's gonna fucking crush. Yeah, and to see Gorguts on there is great. I mean, to me, they're like one of the. Oh, dude, they're doing the Considered Dead set too. So I'm like, oh wow, so fucking excited for yeah, that. Nice. I've seen Gorguts only once before. I actually saw Gorguts with the Black Dahlia Murder. Um, I think it was a Decibel Magazine tour, like 2014 or something, with Carcass too. And nice. uh, Gorgas, they had to like cut their set short because they were having like problems with like their amplifiers or some shit like that. I was so bummed. Yeah, to me, they're like one of the most unique sounding metal bands out there. Oh yeah, for sure. Just uh, especially like across their whole discography too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they're like their sound, their bass lines and shit are just fucking out of this world. Like some people might not be a fan of the vocal style and just how hectic it is, but I, I mean, I love it. Yeah, same. So, are you a full time musician now, or do you have to work? Like, because you guys obviously you're going on tour. How does you know? How do you support yourself? Yeah, actually. So, um, right before our uh, dying fetus tour in Europe, um, I actually quit my job. Um, I was working at a guitar store, and uh, I mean, they were already like pretty cool about like letting me take time off of work all the time, you know. Uh But for one, they like cut my pay so i was like kind of like oh fuck this and then two like you know the band has like so much going on there's like so much more i could be doing with that time that i'm at work so i kind of took that leap right before this dying fetus tour and i've been back for like a month now or something like that and still don't have a job right now so right now i'm just focusing on like touring and doing the band full time i'm on your side all the way man living the dream yeah so at least I'm gonna be doing this until I have to get a job, or if I <laughs> right. have to get one, you know. Yep, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we got a bunch of tours lined up this year, so hopefully that doesn't have to happen, so I can just stay 100 percent focused oh, on this, you know. Yeah, keep rolling. I'm just looking at the the tour lineup for Milwaukee Metal Fest. I didn't notice as many bands. The first picture I seen was only like two days. I didn't see the other 
fucking day that's on there, so I was seeing who else is on there. I hate God. I'm uh, kind of a, uh, I'm more of a strummer, if you will, so I know a little bit about guitars. What kind of rig are you using? Um, So right now, so for my amplifier, my cabs, I use a PV6505 into two oversized Mesa 412s with V30s, uh, just yep. the tried and true classic combo. Gotcha. And uh, my main guitar right now is a 1986 Custom Shop BC Rich Ironbird. Uh, In that guitar, I have EMG 81 and 85X. Mm -hmm. Um, The main difference between those and like the regular 8185s is like they're just got a little bit more like tighter and low end and clarity. So I really like those pickups. And then from there, um, I actually just got a wireless system for the first time, uh, a Shure guitar wireless system. So I have that going. You like that? Oh, dude. Oh, dude. It's so fucking awesome. I can walk around my whole gym space and yeah. not trip over a cable or have it wrap around my leg. I know those have come so, a long way over, you know, last 30 years or whatever. Because I, I remember when they people would buy, like, the cheaper ones because we can't afford the pro stuff and they, like, cut out all the time, you know? Yeah. But that's cool. Yeah, well, I'm especially excited for that. But, yeah, from there I have a... Just a tuner overdrive, noise gate, another just classic combo. I'd like to keep it real simple with my setup because right. we don't do anything super crazy. Mm. Um, but I'm using just the Boss TU3W, uh, so like the Waza tuner. That one, it's a little bit more accurate for the low notes okay. uh, since we play in drop A as compared to like the regular TU3. And then I use a Maxon ST9 Pro Plus for my overdrive. I got that one because I saw a video with Rob Barrett from Cannibal Corpse talking about his gear. And as soon as I saw that they used that pedal, I was like, I'm buying one immediately. <laughs> I didn't even have to hear how it sounded because I've listened to Cannibal Corpse so much. Yeah, I was you're like, like oh, I know what that thing it. does. That's cool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for my uh, for my noise gate, I use um, Lone Wolf Audio or now called uh, Void Manufacturing. The model is the Tannhauser dual gate. Um, so that one, it's like his endless blockade gate. Um, but it has like two separate like EQ controls. I, I guess EQ isn't the right word, but two different controls for two different like inputs and outputs. Okay. So I can I can run it to the front of my amp with my guitar and cut out like all my guitar noise, and then I can run it into my effects loop and cut out all that like uh, tube hissing sound. You know what gotcha. I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. So that's pretty nifty that you can do two different things. With yeah, it. and I can like tweak them as specifically how I need to for each one instead of having to like kind of find like a middle ground between yeah, that's, when i had know, the front game, of the that's what the back. I did. it's like you got to find the middle ground yeah and you play with it forever and ever yeah and then um <laughs> i'm about to i still gotta rearrange my pedal board but i have a another pedal called the lonely ghost by uh michael klein which is a reverb uh delay and boost all in one and i'm about to add that onto my board as well is that like a like a custom boutique one like he built yeah, yeah, so they're all uh, handmade, uh, like made to order, Shit, and he made awesome. us like custom ones specifically. So like blue and white, kind of like frosty looking, but oh, it's literally dope. just like the whole like um, I guess the chassis of it is that what you would call it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's all like there's like a bunch of like skull print, like skulls printed on it, so it just looks like a pile of skulls. <laughs> it's oh, so okay, sick. That's awesome, dude. Uh, yeah, that's got to be another like bucket list, dude. Custom pedal made for you, pretty cool. Yeah, and actually, um, so the same guy that makes the noise gate, he he has his own version of the ST9 Pro Plus that he's making, um, but he's going to make us our own custom one as well, which I'm super, super excited yeah, to try cool. out. That's cool, man. But yeah, that's all my gear in a nutshell. Oh, uh, one last thing, Pretty too. I use, a, uh, I use a Digitech Jamman stereo looper to run our samples live, so I don't have to worry about, like, putting on a computer and like running tracks or anything gotcha. like that uh, okay that's real nice yeah so you just you just load them up and then all you do is click them when you need to basically yeah pretty much cool. i wonder if like kill whitney dead when they played live if they ever played live did shit like that for all their samples because yeah, <laughs> half their songs were samples right. sometime. no that's tight gear though man you can't go wrong with the mess of boogie yeah for real so all that stuff is what you used on the new record yeah yeah, well, on the new record, too, so um, there's another secret up our sleeve that I'll reveal. Um, so at this studio, the guy that owned it, he has this guitar cab that was made by Jackson in the 80s. Um, but a little bit of backstory on this cabinet. So the guy that owns that studio, his father designed the speakers that were in that guitar cab. Okay. And his father worked for, like, Acoustic, Jackson, and a whole bunch of other companies, like, back in the 70s. 
and he was like a speaker designer but it's like this black and red jackson cabinet like like jackson the guitar brand from like the 80s and i don't know what kind of shit is in these speakers man but it just like has such a fat fat low end so we use that to blend in with the uh like the regular like 6505 and um mesa v30 combo and then also um on my guitar track specifically i also used a a jcm 900 slx um, because i really i really really wanted to get like my goal with like the record was kind of have like the death metal version of like the ride the lightning guitar tone because like that's my favorite guitar tone of all time yeah that's my favorite metallica record yeah so i just wanted to like kind of have like a little bit of that martial sound in my tone to like kind of help round it out awesome man i can't wait to hear that low end on that new record yeah it's fucking sick man i noticed that the iron bird has quite a few switches on it what are those other four switches for so um they don't do anything anymore um so when i when i bought the guitar it had passive pickups in it okay and um with those three of them were uh coil taps and then one of them was boost uh the boost was nice uh just because if i had like a lead part i could like just you know boost a little bit but it was a little bit too hot so i opted to just have a pedal instead because i can control the volume at least right the like the switch boost it was like plus like 10 db it felt like it was so loud yeah, and you need like half of that. Yeah, but they don't do anything anymore. They just look they just look cool now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. I was looking at a video of you restringing it and I noticed all the little uh switches on it and I was like, Man, that's a lot of switches for pickup selectors. So Yeah, I mean I opted just to go for active pickups because like we don't do anything crazy to where I would need to be like using one coil or anything and right. if we did i would just play a stratocaster you know <laughs> right yeah yeah. at that point why not switch out did you use the same guitar for the first album too no i didn't get the iron bird until after we recorded that album so we should uh, get a, the first like record, a nice though. little like almost like a fresh sound coming out of your guitar then yeah pretty much that's that's fucking great yeah as far as i know um this will be that guitar's like debut for recorded music that's sweet. Yeah. As as far as I know, I don't know about oh, the history been, of it. That's, yeah, I mean, there's been that it, that guitar's had like many many owners before me, so I always think that adds to the fucking you know the lore and the sound and the history of the instrument, man. You never know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you don't know whose blood's on those frets. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, what other kind of guitars have you played with in the past? What did you use on the first record? Uh, so the first record, I have this Epiphone Les Paul that I, actually I've had that guitar since I was like 15 or 14 or something like that. That one was what I used like the early, early days of Frozen Soul. I recorded the In Case and Ice demo with it as well. And uh, right now, um, it's got a Seymour Duncan JB in the bridge um, and no neck pickup. I ripped the neck pickup out because... Uh, actually when we were on tour once the, the pickup literally like started like popping out and I was like, fuck this. I don't need it. So I just ripped it out uh-huh. mid show. Yeah. Not, not like mid show, uh-huh. but like right before a show or something. Yeah. All you Although need it it would have been way cooler if I did it during our set. <laughs> but, uh, these guys throw fucking pickups instead of picks at their yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody and, uh, has an Epiphone Les Paul at one time or another. I mean, man, I'll be real. It's a great guitar. I mean, I've looking oh, at a guitar one. store, man. I've played a million Les Pauls, like actual Gibson ones, yep. and I this one like sounds and feels just like a real one, you know. Yeah, I've heard um, that Gibson's quality has kind of declined over the last twenty years. Anyway, oh, dude, it's so it's so bad. I've seen I've seen five thousand dollar custom shop Les Les Pauls have like blemishes and like uh, scratches when they first come in i'm like dude get it together it's like oh, what the yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, you, were, you just said you worked at a fuck guitar store so yeah you know all about that craziness oh yeah i mean it'd be a difference to spending 200 dollars on a guitar and it coming with a blemish but when you're kicking out a few grand like you want that fucking thing to be pristine especially with the name that's behind it yeah exactly like they're a fucking like like they're iconic like they're like a legacy brand at this point if I was like CEO of Gibson, I would be like, "No, nah, I ain't putting that fucking thing out." Like my quality control would be unmatched. I'd yeah, you know what's funny is nice. uh, the former CEO of Levi's, the jean company. I'm pretty sure is the CEO of Gibson now. That is fucking weird. 
That's a yeah. strange train. But apparently, but this dude's like actually a guitar player, and he like already had like a huge like Gibson collection before like he became the CEO. So, oh, so I mean, it's 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 definitely not as bad as it used to be. Like a few years ago, back like 2018 and prior. Yeah. Like man, it was really fucking rough, but. It still like could be better, you know, especially for how much they're selling their guitars for. Well, I had an Epi fifty six gold tap, like knockoff, you know, Epiphone version. Uh-huh. I think it was like four hundred bucks with the case. And that thing uh-huh. was solid, solid, dude. I mean it even came in like you didn't even really have to mess with it too much. You know, where usually a new guitar comes in, you gotta tear it all apart. Yeah, for I sure. I don't know. It was uh so anyway, I'm an Epiphone uh, supporter. Versus Gibson for sure. I mean, I'm definitely an Epiphone supporter, too. Actually, uh, Matt Heafy has his own uh, custom Epiphone Les Pauls. And, dude, those are fucking great. Like, if I had a Les Paul, like, that's how I would want it to be. Like, the necks are, like, super, super thin on those. And uh, it's got, like, a cutaway for, like, to get those, like, really high frets, too. Yep, yep. And, like, they're 25 and a half inch scale. So, uh, I mean, they're they're pretty different from, like, the traditional kind of Les Paul but they're they're really good and they're like super well built guitars yeah that longer um that longer scale probably help go a lot lower than eh? yeah yeah gotcha i'm a strummer i'm not a, too technical <laughs> same man i like to call myself a professional amateur there you go that's a good title because i know a few things but really i don't know shit <laughs> i mean you're uh fucking making it work well though i would say so clearly you well, know something you. So when you're not playing music, what's the number one thing you do, like, besides playing music? You know, you said uh, besides, Magic the Gathering. Besides playing music, um, well, I don't play too much Magic anymore, mostly because it's just, like, super expensive, but also, like, when I can play, like, I don't know, like, usually, like, for Magic, like, tournaments are on, like, weeknights, and, like, we're practicing in the middle of the week usually, and then, like, Friday nights, I'm, like, hanging out with, like, my other friends. Right, yeah, there's um, other things to do. Yeah, but other than that, like, I primarily just, like, play video games, uh, mostly, like, FPS and, uh, like, a little bit of RPGs here and there. And then I've been, I've slowly been getting, like, into more, like, TV and movies because for a while I didn't really watch TV or movies, but I've been, like, binge-watching The Walking Dead lately, and I'm just, like, so sucked in I can't stop. It's funny that you say that. (laughs) My son and I just started watching that again, and we're on, like, season two halfway through, and I already watched, Uh, like, up to six a long time ago, and it's like watching it for the first time again. Like, so so many things I forgot. Yeah, I started from season one, and uh, I'm I'm about to be on season nine now. Um, But previously, yeah, previously I had, um, before that, I'd only gotten up to, like, the tail end of season seven so i wanted to like refresh myself and just watch it all again yeah. there's a lot of stuff that i didn't remember happening so oh, like, oh this is nice so yeah. it was like i was watching it for the first time again yep that's cool yeah the show's fucking crazy now it's about more than just like zombies and like you can see like how like certain conditions are like affecting people and just the dynamic that all these characters have together too after being together for so long right it's just like really really cool like, I think this show has, like, evolved, like, really well over the years. A lot of people say, like, it kind of fell off after, like, season five or six or something like that. But I That's don't know, when man. I stopped I think this watching. Is, I, think it, I think it's a great show because – and also two people are like, oh, there, it became less about zombies. And I'm like, yeah, but that's – to me, that's, like, realistic because at a certain point in a zombie apocalypse, like, shit's going to, like, take a toll on you mentally. Oh, And, sure. like, you're going to have to, like, if there's, like, survivor camps or, like, other groups, like, you definitely have to fucking, like, deal with them one way or another, whether it's, like, conflict or, like, working together, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you yeah. watched uh, The Last of Us, but that was kind yeah, of similar in a way to The Walking Dead. But you, you played yeah, video games? Yeah, I did watch that. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Did you play that game before you watched it? Actually, no. no? So I've, I've always been an Xbox guy, so I've never oh. owned Playstations or anything, so I never got to play The Last of Us. Gotcha. I heard it was pretty close, aside from yeah, a few I, things. Yeah, I heard so too. I mean, it, it's really hard to like take one form of media and, and adapt it to another. You know, It can't always be exactly spot on. I mean... Like, for example, when they turn books into movies, like, there's so much oh, they leave yeah, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, like, if you, like, turn, like, a whole fucking book into a movie, it's going to be, like, six hours, you know? Yeah. It's like Lord of the Rings. I mean, they the movies were long as hell, but they still left a lot out from the book, obviously. But how, yeah, how could exactly. they not? I mean, you want to watch fucking an eight-hour movie? Well, I'm sure some people would. It'd be so, <laughs> probably so much longer, too, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway. So what kind of movies are you into? You talked about TV shows. Um, I've been trying to like play catch up on like all like the classic horror movies, you know, just because I, I really like didn't watch movies for like the longest time. Mm. But I really like a, like psych- psychological thrillers, too. I watched this one the other day called, uh, I think it was Vanilla Sky or something like that. Yeah, with Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man, that one like fucked me up. I was oh, like, yeah. damn, I, I feel so bad for this guy. <laughs> you only watched it once? Yeah, I just watched it for the first time the other day. Oh, okay, yeah, watch it like two or three more times. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll make a note of that then. You'll start to see other things. It's like, I don't know, it's a trip, dude. Yeah. So, do you write any of the lyrics or anything for Frozen Soul, or you just mainly guitar, and that's all Chad that does that? Um, I've contributed lyrics like once, and that was for the song Grave Digger. Okay. Um, but even then, like Chad still like took it and made it to where like he could do the vocals because uh, obviously you have to like write lyrics to a pattern. And yeah, yeah. when I wrote the lyrics, I didn't really have a pattern. I just kind of like wrote down lines, you know, on a piece of paper. Right. Yeah, I was just gonna <laughs> and, uh, ask if horror movies carry over into your writing at all to the music well definitely 100 percent. and actually on the new album glacial domination there is uh two songs on the record that uh it's called frozen soul and assimilator and basically they're two separate songs that are actually really like one big long song and uh, it's all based around john carpenter's the thing i was just gonna say that that's um when i first looked at that your album cover that's the first thing that popped in my head was the thing yeah so, so um that's funny that yeah you mentioned we that. yeah so that that whole long song or i guess two songs is all about like the thing and we have a music video for that we're doing it's gonna be like a double music video okay. uh like a mini movie kind of about it too and um it's really cool man we got some really awesome shots for that one can't wait to see that shit yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be coming soon. John Carpenter's a number one. The video that you guys did for Morbid Effigy was pretty horror esque. Like when the guy was opening up the Christmas presents and cutting up body parts and all that. I was like, I didn't watch it actually until the other day. Like typically, I just like stream stuff while I'm at the gym or whatever, and then you know, uh-huh. so I don't have time to listen to music videos. And sometimes I throw them on the TV, but usually when I'm home, I'm playing records and stuff. But I like to try to deep dive anybody anybody who we interview on the show. So I'm looking back at all the music videos and stuff, and that one was cracking me up. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with that one. That's uh, definitely my favorite video we've ever done. Yeah, the guy that played, I don't know who it was, but the dude that plays the main guy in the video is just, I mean, creepy as fuck looking. <laughs> dude, <laughs> we were so stoked because, like, like we showed up to, like, the first day of filming and, like, just, like, interacting with the guy when he's, like, out of character. We were like, oh, yeah, this is definitely, like, the right guy for, like, what we're doing. And he, like, he fucking nailed it, dude. It was, like, so perfect. Yeah, and like actually, dude, like that, the, like in the in the beginning of the video, like where he's dancing, you know, yeah, that wasn't like scripted at all. Like, we, so we had like Christmas music playing in the background to like you know like set up a vibe, and uh, he was really just like dancing, just goofing around, and like we told our director, like, "Yo, start shooting right now, film nice. this." <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like so, yeah. uh, the Toby Hooper scene in Texas Chainsaw. I was all yeah. off the dome. Yeah, that, that that dude is a fucking great actor. His name's uh, Dr. London Smith. Dr. Lemon Smith? Dr. London Smith. Oh, London Smith, okay. Yeah. yeah. He's, uh, I mean, his face and all his, like, mannerisms were all creepy. And then, like, I think it was eyeballs that he was holding up above his head, like, as if they were mistletoe. Yeah. That shit had me laughing. I was fucking cracking up about it. <laughs> yeah, we we saw like those shots when we were like filming. We were like, "Good God, this is <laughs> so fucking like demented." I love it. Yeah, no, it definitely fits the song and the. I mean, the rest of the music and everything, but it, I definitely gathered up the horror part to it. So, uh, video games. What kind of video games do you like? I'm kind of bouncing around here. Sorry. Oh no, it's all good, man. Um, so. I'm primarily a like FPS shooter person. Um, it's hard for me to play single player games sometimes, or like it used to be because I was so busy all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like single player games require like so much investment into like the story to like really experience everything, you know. 
Yeah, where it's um, like first person shooter, you can kind of pick up when you want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so I've I've always been a fan of the Call of Duty franchise. I've been playing Call of Duty since fucking like the original like uh, COD Four. Yep, I've played like every single release since, and uh, I love Halo. Halo is my favorite series of all time. Um, Mine too. When it comes to first person shooters. Yeah, especially like at least all like the pre three four three stuff. That's like my favorite yeah. like games. Like it's like series of releases ever. Yeah, and then I, um, I'm also like really into Fortnite too, just because it's like just dumb fun. I'm fucking terrible at Fortnite. Like, <laughs> I I I was terrible, and then uh, I didn't play for a while, and then they introduced uh, it's the zero build mode, so it's there's no building at all so you don't have to worry about some fucking sweaty oh, dude no at his shit. fucking computer building a fucking five-star hotel in like two seconds <laughs> when you shoot him yeah yeah that's what threw me off about the game originally because like my son i have a 12 year old son he plays it well he doesn't really anymore but he used to and uh he'd want me to play it with him and i'm like all right i'm like be prepared to get schooled because i've been playing first person shooters like way longer than you've been alive and then little did i know like there's fucking architecture in the game and it yeah, <laughs> fucking yeah. completely threw me for a loop and i was like oh this is yeah i can't do See, this I, I think the concept of it is really cool it's just like where the state it's in now where like like i said you can just build an entire fucking fortress in like five seconds yeah um it just kind of like takes away from it yeah. but um yeah they have a mode where like that isn't allowed at all it's like, just you straight can't do playing it. it's just straight playing like shooting guns at each other and like using the actual map to uh, to your advantage or disadvantage. Yeah. That would be a and, lot uh, better because I've seen some people, like you said, but putting up a five-star hotel in seconds is a good analogy because I've, <laughs> I've watched that happen where, like, you shoot a dude in the head and then, like, all of a sudden he's got a fortress and he's sniping you from the top of the fucking Eiffel Tower that you don't even know how it got there. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Um, other than that, like, I'm a big fan of, like, the Fallout series. I just started a another fallout new vegas playthrough like maybe two or three weeks ago okay and uh just been having a blast with that yeah I and, put, uh, uh, of course like elder scroll series like skyrim and oblivion yep I, I even played morrowind when it came out originally on xbox oh man i never played morrowind i've been meaning to i just haven't gotten around to it it's cool but it's dated i mean kind of, like, yeah compared to what's out now it's kind of I don't know. Yes, yeah, sometimes it's hard to go back and play older games because they're so dated. Like, I feel like uh, Fallout New Vegas is like a exception for me because like the story is just like so so rich. Whereas like you know like the actual visual, uh, like the way it looks visually, and also like some of the mechanics are like pretty outdated. Yeah, but like I'm able to look past it just because like that game's story is just so like deep and amazing. Yeah, I always liked the lore that they have in the Fallout games of the post-apocalyptic world and some of the weapons that you can build and then, like, the monsters that they come mm -hmm. up with that shit. There's fucking, like, the, uh... I'm trying to think of some of the names of them. I haven't played it in a while, but just some of the, like, radiation fucking giant crabs and shit like that. Like, yeah, the Mirelurks or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's what they are. It was, like, on the tip of my tongue, and I couldn't think of what the hell it was. <laughs> we actually sell a lot of ink spots records here because of fallout yeah, oh really yeah which is weird because like a few years ago we had like crates upon crates of them and i could not give them away like we would put them out front of the store like here free take these get them the fuck out of here and oh now my God. <laughs> i can't even keep them in stock like it, whether it's records 45s it doesn't matter like they come in fucking kids are like i'm like oh you know here i got iron maiden i got dr dre i got fucking obituary dying fetus there's frozen soul here there's old rock new rock hip-hop electronic they're like you got any ink spots that's wild <laughs> yeah, i'm no, like dude. what <laughs> like, and i didn't even like i've beaten the games and i don't even remember ink spots being in there but maybe i was i usually like play music when i'm playing video games so i guess i probably missed it uh, so, Michael, you got anything you would like to add, say, or anything about the album? Um, all I can really uh, say is just, uh, if you're listening to this, please check it out. Really hard on it. Um, it's some of my favorite music I've ever put out, and we're all really, really proud of it. Watch the music videos, please. Pre-order a copy. Even just, like, checking it out just means the world, so thank you for that. 
Yeah, uh, I'll have links to everything in the description for pre-orders and for where to check out the music videos, you guys' Instagram, etc. Just so helps push the word along to people so they know where to go and how to get it. And then I appreciate that, man. For local yes, people listening, I mean, you'll be able to pick the album up April 19th here in the store on release date. And if you have not yet heard the band, uh, start listening to me and do what I say and fucking check it out. Yeah, and they're watch their videos because they're fucking insane. They're not just like, oh, there's the band, you know. You guys, you guys do an awesome job on your videos, like you were saying. Yeah, we try to not do that. I mean, I mean, we did it with the Arsenal War video, um, but most of the time we don't we we don't want to be just like dudes standing there, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, from all the I've yet to see you guys live, and I got to change that. Um, I'm gonna try to. I won't be able to make it down for the shows that you got coming up right away because I got record store day things going on here and I got uh-huh. my hands full. So unfortunately it falls at a weird time, but all the videos I've seen like on YouTube of live performances, I mean, you guys, like you said earlier, Blood Incantation nails their live performances. I think you guys are right up there. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Absolutely. But yeah, man, uh, I don't have anything else immediately for you. I know you guys got a lot to do preparing for tour and whatnot, so I ain't going to take all your time up. But I appreciate you taking the time to jump on the show and talk about the album and video games, movies, your equipment, etc. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. It was a pleasure meeting you. Yeah, you as well. Right, man. You guys uh, enjoy your tour. I hope everything goes well, and then... Um, I'm looking forward to the album, obviously, like I said already, but I'll say it again. I hope you'd never have to get another nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> Me fucking too, And I'll man. put that vibe out there for you. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks again. You have a good day. You too. Cheers, guys. Later. Peace out.